it's time for the only show that doesn't care about ratings, Witness Radio, with your host, Ryan Muniak. Welcome to Witness Radio, everybody. Go to witnesstalkradio.org for more episodes and syndication options. Connect with us on social media or by calling 513-900-8070. Tonight is a live show. We are live right now. So if you call 513-900-8070, you will actually get me. You will call directly into the studio. It will not be a voicemail. So feel free to call in with your questions or your comments, and I will do my best to answer them. Now, for those of you who don't know, Witness Radio is the only show that doesn't care about ratings because our sole purpose is to save souls on purpose. With that out of the way, why in the world am I doing a live show tonight? Well, if you didn't see the YouTube video, then you have no idea why I'm doing a live show tonight. But just for those of you who don't know, let me throw it up for you. And now it's time for the only show that doesn't care about ratings, Witness Radio, and a former atheist, and a former hypocrite, hopefully. (laughs) Hopefully former, yes. Uh, He has... Welcome to uh, the only show that doesn't care about ratings. So what do you do when you screw up and record over the current week's show with last week's show. You smack yourself in the head, and then you plan to do a live show. So tonight, May 26th, 2016, at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, a live episode of Witness Radio. Do you have a question or a comment that you want me to answer on the air live? Then send it to me through Facebook, through Twitter, through email, WTR at MuniacFamily.com, or call into the show by calling 513-900-8070. I will take live callers tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, all because I screwed up. Go to witnesstalkradio.org for more information, and stay tuned to our social media for updates. All right, so that is the reason why we're doing a live show tonight. (coughs) Excuse me. It's because I screwed up, and somehow I recorded over the audio from this week's episode with last week's episode. So both episodes were smushed together, as you could hear in that clip that was part of that video. So for those of you who don't know, Roger Patterson, who was on the show last week, he is actually a author or an author, and he's written numerous books. One of the reasons I was interviewing him last week was because he came out with two new books, currently working on a third. It's a series. It's called World Religions and Cults. You've got, uh, this is volume one. They just came out with volume two. I don't have that one yet. Uh, Volume 1 deals with counterfeits of Christianity. Volume 2 deals with more mysticism and mystical type religions like New Age and Wicca and stuff like that. Uh, Volume 3, I don't remember what that entails, but make sure you pick it up when you can. Go to answersingenesis.org or uh, slash store or answersbookstore.com. 
to pick up those books. They're actually on sale right now by both of them for 25 bucks, which is a pretty good deal. Cause if you couldn't tell, this is a big book and the volume two is bigger than this. So if anyone has a question or a comment, they want to be on the show, feel free to give me a call 513-900-8070 or pop in your question on the chat here at blab.im. This is where we're doing our live show, at least for now. Unfortunately, blab.im seems to be getting worse and worse and there's a good possibility it won't make it to the end of the year just because they keep having problems they, they're not fixing anything they're just making more and more problems so i hope they fix things and get things working well again because this is a great platform i, I love being able to have people sit down or call in and we can see them on the screen and have chats back and forth i, I love being able to do that but if they're not going to provide a reliable service, then we'll go back to Google Hangouts. Not that we ever did a live show on Google Hangouts, but that's where we would start if we do another live show. So I think I'll share with you guys a little bit what's going on with uh, me and Elaine and the family. For those of you who don't know, my wife is Elaine. We do another show called The Faith and Family radio show and i am running very late on getting that show out this week it's actually a very sensitive topic topic it is on the subject of transgenderism and there's a fly in the studio here or a gnat or something it's bugging me anyway so make sure you're on the lookout for that faithfamilyradio.com we will have that show out hopefully tomorrow or by the end of the week and you know, I had so much trouble today getting into Blab. I actually had to go into my internet settings and clear the cache and try to re-sign in and, and do refreshes. And even when I did finally get in, it wasn't giving me the audio and everything. So I had to get out of it and then re-come in. And it's been a big hassle. So if we don't have anyone show up on Blab tonight, I understand why. Hopefully, people will be able to come in and sit down and ask their questions or comment, give their feedback. I would love to hear from you. If you cannot access Blab, we do have the studio line, 513-900-8070, and you can call in to the show. Phone lines are open, and I think I'm going to take a quick break, so I'll be right back. You're listening to Witness Radio. Come to the Big Apple to learn how you can share and defend your faith biblically. Use your training to witness to people from all walks of life in places like Times Square, Battery Park, Chinatown, even, even on the, the subway. subway. Repentant Witness will push you to the limit from August 4th through the 7th. Register today at RepentantWitness.com to secure a spot. Sign up by May 10th and travel costs while you're in New York will be included for free. Are you ready for the ultimate mission trip? Go to RepentantWitness.com right now because space is very limited. All right, and we're back. Welcome back to Witness Radio. WitnessTalkRadio.org is the website where you can go to interact with us and 
all that stuff. Other episodes, uh, social options, social media options, stuff like that. Syndication options. Facebook, facebook.com slash witness radio. Twitter, go to twitter.com slash witness T as in talk radio. So we're today we're doing a live show. We're doing the Q&A, whatever you want to talk about. Uh, you want to talk about Christianity? Let's talk. You want to tell me uh, that Christianity is wrong? Let's talk. Have a seat in blab.im or give me a call 513-900-8070. So, you know, again, with this book that Roger Patterson put together uh, along with Bodie Hodge, they uh, put this together. They didn't I don't think they wrote all of it there there's different articles from different people there they were they were the general editors they put it all together but they i mean just in this one book they they go through so many different things they talk about uh just apologetics in general they talk about the difference between biblical christianity and everything else they talk about roman catholicism and why that's different from biblical christianity eastern orthodoxy uh, they talk about other counterfeits of Christianity, Islam. Yes, Islam is a counterfeit Christianity because they do acknowledge Jesus, but they don't acknowledge him as God or as the son of God. They say that he was nothing more than a good teacher and a prophet, but that he had it all wrong, basically, which makes no sense. Uh, Jehovah Witnesses are in here. Judaism. Judaism. How is that a counterfeit Christianity? Oh, I know. Because they follow the God of Abraham, but they don't follow the God of Abraham's son. So I could see why they would put that in here. Uh, it's a bit of a stretch to put that under the counterfeits of Christianity heading, but I understand it. Mormonism, the Baha'i faith, deism, Satanism, Freemasonry, Zoroastrianism. I've never even heard of that one. I don't know what that is. The Worldwide Church of the Creator or the Creativity Movement, the Moonies the, or the Unification Church. Uh, and then in the appendixes, there's the, the talks about the triune God, the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all individual distinct persons as part of one God. Amazingly complex thought and theology behind that. One that cannot be accurately explained here on this earth. It is something that we see in the Bible, but you have to take that on faith. Uh, as the Lord reveals it to you, you you cannot you can't explain it in, in human terms. There's a lot of people that try. You know, they'll say that the Trinity is like water in that it's liquid and solid and gas. You know, because it's ice and water and uh, steam. Well, that sounds like a good an analogy, but no, that's actually, I believe, it's modalism where you've got the three distinct parts, but they don't all exist at the same time. They can only be one thing at a time. Like, you can't have the ice be steam at the same time. It's only ice or it's only steam. That's not the Trinity. And there's many other heresies taught. Uh, you've got the egg analogy, the person, uh, you know, I'm a father and a son and a uh, husband, you know, but I'm still me. Well, that's 
again, not accurate because not an accurate depiction of the Trinity because it doesn't there. It's not three distinct persons. It's one person with three distinct titles. So it's, it's not the Trinity. Uh, Anyway, another appendix is, uh, is Jesus the creator God? And it uh, exposits John chapter one, verses one through three. So it really goes into a lot of different stuff just in this one book in volume one. Volume two is, like I said, thicker than this, goes into a whole lot more. Well, one th- another thing I'd like for us to go over today is uh, a lot of people will say to me, you know, when I'm witnessing on the street, they'll say, you know, there's a lot of contradictions in the Bible, but I've not seen any. And, you know, typically when people say that there are lots of contradictions in the Bible, I will ask them very gently, very politely, I'll say, name one or can you name one? And 98% of the time they can't name one. And when they can, it's typically something out in left field that isn't even part of the Bible. But for the very small percentage that name some type of contradiction that they see in the Bible, it comes from this list of 101 clear contradictions in the Bible. And I use clear contradictions with quotation marks because that's the title, but that's not my uh, mindset or that's not my personal opinion because I've not seen any. I've gone through this list and I've not seen any contradictions. Uh, This was written by Muslim apologist Shabir Ali. Please forgive me if you hear a lot of sniffles or coughing or sneezing or anything during the show. I am recovering from a cold slowly. But so some of these contradictions and supposed contradictions in the Bible are really just off the wall. I mean, you go through this list and a lot of them are like, what what are you thinking? That's not a contradiction. Just using common sense, you can see the answer to the question. Others are a little harder to explain, but with studying of God's word and looking in the context and and stuff like that and you know Google looking at other theologians that have addressed the, the topic you know, it's you can find the answers if you're willing to look but one thing that I've told everybody regarding the supposed contradictions is when someone has a list or even just one question off of this list they don't really want the answer they're not really looking for answers to these supposed contradictions. They're looking for a reason or an excuse to deny the God of the Bible. Let me read to you Romans 1 real quick, starting in verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. And the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile, futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became 
fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Hmm. So one thing I want to point out with that, it says that they know God. They know there's not just a God, but the God. They know God exists. They deny it. They suppress the truth with their unrighteousness. And that's what they're doing when they come up with these supposed contradictions. They're trying to suppress that truth. They're trying to find out, find any reason, any excuse to say, nope, I won't believe in God because of this. But you know what? If you give them an answer, oh, well, well, then I won't believe in God because of this. You give them an answer, oh, well, I won't believe in God because of that. Oh, you, and on and on. One thing I like to ask people is, if I were to answer every question you give me for your reasoning to deny God's existence or to deny the God of the Bible in general, if I were to give you an answer perfectly, answer all your questions, would you at that point bow your knee to God, turn from your sin, and put your trust in Jesus Christ? And they say no. And that shows the heart of the matter. They don't want God. That's a problem. It's a problem because they're going to hell. Now, I'm not sitting here and trying to pass judgment and say that they're going hell, going to hell just because they deny God. No, they're going to hell because of their sin. The Bible makes it clear that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It says the wages of sin is death. And if we've ever lied or stolen or used God's name in vain or looked with lust, which is the same as adultery or hated someone, which is the same as murder in God's eyes, if we've ever greedily desired something that doesn't belong to us, covet, if we've dishonored our parents, if we've ever not put God first in all things, then we're guilty of breaking God's laws. And the Bible says that sin is transgression of the law. So if you have transgressed God's law or broken God's law, then you have sinned against God. doesn't matter if you've sinned against another person, you've sinned against God. And that is the problem. He says that the punishment for that is in eternity in hell. Revelation 21.8 says, all liars will have their part in the lake which burns with fire and sulfur. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10 says, no thief will inherit the kingdom of God, among other things these passages talk about. It says uh, in Exodus chapter 20, God will not hold you guiltless for taking his name in vain. So you're guilty. You're condemned. You are judged by your actions, your wrong actions, your sinfulness, your wickedness. And the punishment is hell. But God is a loving God, and he is willing to forgive you. But there's a catch. You see, you can't do anything to earn that forgiveness. Just saying sorry won't get you that forgiveness. You know, confessing your sin to a priest or something like that, you're not going to have your sins washed away. The Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. There will be no taking away of sin without the shedding of blood. So there needs to be a sacrifice. You, If you are familiar with the Old Testament whatsoever, you know that there is a lot, a lot of blood sacrifice taking place for the covering of sin. The Bible says that our sin cannot be taken away by the blood of bulls and goats. It had to be a perfect sacrifice, a human sacrifice. But which human is perfect? Has there ever been a perfect human being? Yeah. One, that was Jesus Christ, God in flesh. You see, he had to be human, otherwise the payment, you know, otherwise he couldn't have been the sacrifice, the human sacrifice for humans. 
And he had to be God because, well, only God is perfect. So if he wasn't God, he wouldn't have been perfect. He wouldn't have been able to obey every single law of God. The law was meant to show us our need to go to God, to go to the Savior. But I digress. Jesus Christ came to this earth. He lived a perfect life, never never sinned, never lied, never stole, never did anything wrong, obeyed the law perfectly. And even though he never broke the law, he was punished like a criminal. He was beaten. He was whipped. He was punished. He was pierced. He was spit upon. He was kicked and punched and bruised. And they put nails in his hands and in his feet and hung him on a cross. He died on the cross, shedding his blood. But three days later, he rose from the grave, defeating death, defeating hell. And he offers you eternal life if you will repent, turn from your sinful nature, and turn to God by placing your faith in Jesus Christ and him alone, what he did on that cross. You see, just turning from your sin isn't going to save you. It's the faith, the trust, putting your faith in Christ. That's where you're saved. Jesus can save you. God can save you. If you will do that. Put your faith in Christ. The The way you put your faith in Christ is by turning from your sinful nature, the nature that you received at birth that was brought about from original sin when Adam and Eve first broke God's law in the Garden of Eden. When they first disobeyed God, they brought about a curse upon the whole world, the whole, hum, whole humanity by disobeying God. And now we are all cursed. We are from birth, we are naturally bent away from God. We we go, we can go in any number of directions, but it's not the, the direction that's towards God. The Bible says that it's the narrow way that leads to life, that leads to God. There's only one way, and that's through Jesus Christ, because he died on the cross to pay for your sin. So turn from your natural way of thinking, your sin nature, turn away from that and turn to God putting your faith, your trust in Jesus Christ alone. That's how you can be saved. That's how you can escape hell. That's how you can have eternal life. That's how you can have your sins forgiven, washed away, white clean. You know, If you've ever looked at a whiteboard or even a chalkboard, if you're old enough, you write on there and you wipe it away and it looks clean. But after a while, it, it starts building up a residue on there. And you actually have to go and grab some Windex or whatever to get it really clean, to get it back to its original cleanliness. And that's what Jesus does for us. He takes us back to the to how we were supposed to be, our original, the original cleanliness. In fact, he goes a step further. He gives us his cleanliness and he takes our filthiness upon himself. Sin upon the world was put upon his shoulders when he died on that cross, when he hung on that cross. He faced the wrath of God on our behalf so that we could have eternal life. But we can only have eternal life by putting our faith in Christ and in him alone. Not in any other God or any other person or any other thing. It is in Christ alone by which we be saved. So we'll be right back after a short message, and then we're going to talk about some of these contradictions. We're going to get into this list and answer some of these contradictions. Again, if you want to be on the show, have a seat here at blab.im. Uh, 
or give us a call 513-900-8070. I would love to talk to you, hear your comments, answer your questions, deal with whatever you want to throw at me as long as you keep it clean. This is Witness Radio. Go to witnesstalkradio.org for more episodes and syndication options. We will be right back. Imagine Jesus walking onto your local college campus. What would he say? Would he be like Matthew chapter 9, seeing the people harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd? And say, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. At Christian Collegiate Network, we are sending workers into the harvest. We are training students how to proclaim the glorious gospel. If you want to support our ministry at Christian Collegiate Network by becoming a campus leader or financially, go to changeyourcampus.com. Ratings. We don't need no stupid ratings. You're listening to Witness Radio with Ryan Muriak. <coughs> but we like Ryan. <coughs> we do. Just go to witnesstalkradio.org. There are things that cause the heart to wonder. Or inspiring things that can't be explained. That you never thought you would see. After more than 4,000 years, it's your moment to encounter the Ark. The voyage begins again, July 7. You're listening to Windows Radio. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, Ryan Muniak, and this is Witness Radio, witnesstalkradio.org. Today, we are going to address supposed contradictions in the Bible. Again, this list was taken from a Muslim apologist, Shabir Ali, 101 clear, quote-unquote, contradictions in the Bible. Um, so if you start at the beginning of this list, you will see that he's in the Old Testament, and a lot of it really is over numbers. I mean, minor, really minor issue stuff. Like, uh, for example, how many animals did Noah take onto the ark? Was it two pair? Was it seven pair? Well, if you, excuse me, if you look at Genesis, I believe that would be Genesis 6 and 7. Yes, Genesis chapter 6 and chapter 7. You will see that the answer is both. Two of every animal went into the ark. Seven pairs, right? Yeah. Seven pairs of clean animals went into the ark. The clean animals were for sacrifices, were for eating, were for you know many different things. But needless to say, they didn't, I'm sure they didn't all make it to the end of the trip. But two of every kind was kept so that they could repopulate the earth once the ark landed and they got off the boat. Again, the commercial we just played with the ark encounter, that's coming to Kentucky. Uh, that's put, being created by uh, one of my employers, Answers in Genesis. They are building a life-size ark over there in Kentucky. It's huge. It is really big, over 500 feet long, 10 stories high. It's huge. I I highly encourage everyone to go check it out. Just just to see the enormity, the the how how big this thing is. You you see all these depictions of Noah's Ark as being this little bitty boat with all the animals shoved in there and you know just pouring out the top of it. 
No, that was not Noah's Ark. Okay, Noah's Ark was huge. There was plenty of room. And again, we need to remember that Noah didn't need to take every single animal onto the ark. He just needed two of every kind of land-dwelling animal. I believe the estimates for the maximum that he could have brought onto the ark were uh, like 16,000 or 1,600, something like that. I don't, I don't remember exactly. But it, it's a very small number compared to what the atheists and skeptics put out there. They say, you know, you had to have millions and billions of animals. No, you didn't, because that's not what he was told to bring. Anyway, let's get to these contradictions, supposed contradictions, shall we? All right. So one of them is, uh, was John the Baptist Elijah, the prophet Elijah? The, the Elijah that was to come. Now, let me very quickly go to the prophecy for that, if I can find it. I believe it's in the last book of the Old Testament in Malachi. Yes, uh, Malachi chapter 4, verse 5. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. So the very last prophecy in the Old Testament is God's going to send the prophet Elijah. And when we go to the New Testament, we see this talk of Elijah, the prophet. In Matthew chapter 11, we see that apparently John the Baptist was Elijah the prophet. But in John chapter 1, John the Baptist denies that he is Elijah the prophet. So is he or is he not the prophet known as Elijah that was prophesied to come in Malachi chapter 4, the Old Testament, 400 years earlier? Well, the answer is both. Yeah, that seems to be the answer for a lot of these supposed contradictions. For some reason, it's got to be one or the other. It can't be both. He was the prophet Elijah. Jesus made that clear. But John didn't know that. That's why he denied being Elijah the prophet. He had no idea that he was Elijah the prophet. But as he was talking, he says some things, and it kind of proves without him even realizing it that he was Elijah the prophet. Anyway, that's that one. So another one, would Jesus inherit David's throne? So Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, uh, the Messiah, the Savior of God, he is supposed to be the son of David, supposed to be the one that inherits David's throne forever. Well, according to Luke chapter 1, Jesus will or does inherit David's throne. But if we look at Matthew chapter 1 and 1 Chronicles 3, uh, we see the genealogy of Jesus. And it goes through Jehoiakim. So Jesus is a descent of Jehoiakim. And according to Jeremiah 36, Jehoiakim was cursed by God, and none of his descendants could sit upon David's throne. So how is it that Jesus can sit on David's throne if he's a descendant of Jehoiakim? Well, the answer for this one does require you to dig a little deeper. The answer is in the genealogy itself. We look at the genealogy and we see that it is Joseph's genealogy. And for those of you who don't know, Joseph was not the father of Jesus. Joseph was the, for lack of a better term, stepfather of Jesus. God was the father of Jesus. There was no 
blood connection between Joseph and Jesus. Therefore, he didn't break this curse. He was not technically a descendant of Jehoiakim because there was no blood relation to Joseph. Joseph was a descendant of Jehoiakim, but not Jesus. If you go over to, what was that? That was in Matthew, right? Yeah. So if you go over to Luke, which it's kind of funny that the yes answer is from Luke, but not the genealogy from Luke. Mm -hmm. Sounds to me like maybe Shabir was being a bit deceptive. Anyway. So if we go over to Luke, we'll see a different genealogy, which some people say, oh, there's two different genealogies. That's a contradiction. No, Matthew is the genealogy of Joseph. Luke is the genealogy of Mary, where there is a blood connection between Mary and Jesus, but there is no connection to Jehoiakim. So that answers that one. That's just two of the supposed contradictions so far on this list. If you have a question or a contradiction you want to bring up, give me a call, 513-900-8070. Right now, I'm not saying do it you know, and leave a voicemail. I'm saying right now, I will patch you into the studio, and we will have a little chat. Let me just double check. Yep, phone lines are open, and I would love to hear from you, listener or viewer, because we actually have video for the live show. Uh, checking real quick to see if we have... Okay, yes, the Do Not Disturb is off, so that means we, you can connect with us right now. And if you don't want to call in, you can actually go to blab.im slash witness T is in talk radio and sit down, have a seat. You can use video and audio, and you can be on the show. I do ask that you keep it clean, no cursing, no nudity, no blasphemy. Be nice. Uh, please be nice. So another supposed contradiction. How did Simon Peter find out that Jesus was the Christ? Was it by a revelation from heaven or was it because his brother Andrew told him? Well, again, we need to look at the text and uh, look at the context of that text. In Matthew 16, it's a revelation. In John 1, it's Andrew telling him. But what Shabir Ali didn't realize is just because someone tells you something, that doesn't mean you believe it. So when Andrew came to Simon Peter and said, we found the Messiah, we found the Savior, we found this guy Jesus, he is the Messiah. Simon Peter didn't necessarily believe him, but According to Matthew 16, it was a revelation from heaven when Simon realized this dude's legit. This is the Christ, Jesus of Nazareth. That's when he believed that Jesus was the Messiah, was the Savior. Okay, so uh, a follow-up to that. Where did Jesus first meet Simon, Peter, and Andrew? Well, according to Matthew chapter 4, it was by the Sea of Galilee. And according to John chapter 1, it was on the banks of the River Jordan. So was it by Galilee, the Sea of Galilee, or was it on the banks of the River Jordan? By the river or by the lake? Hmm. That sounds like a supposed contradiction, doesn't it? Well, it isn't if you pull up an image of Israel, and I will just grab the first one I can find here from Wikipedia. I will share it here so that everyone can look at it. All right. should be popping up here any minute. For those of you listening and not watching or listening after the fact, you will see that there is, okay, I don't know why they don't have it um, labeled, but uh, you will see about halfway down it says River Jordan. This big blue line 
going from Jerusalem uh, and the Dead Sea all the way up to another uh, little lake or sea. Then it goes up a little more, and there's another little sea or lake, and then goes up even more all the way out of Israel. So the little lake or sea there, that is the Sea of Galilee. Not the smallest, but the, the middle one. The one that, by according to this picture, is under the title of Kamath, which that's a city, not the name of the sea. Anyway, so where did Jesus meet Simon, Peter, and Andrew? Did he meet him, or did he meet them by the River Jordan, the big blue line? Or did he meet them by the Sea of Galilee, which is the sea right there under Kamath? Uh, well, if you look at the bottom of that sea, it connects to the River Jordan. So the answer is both. He probably met them right there at the mouth of the river that goes into the Sea of Galilee. So both answers are correct. Why people believe there are supposed contradictions in the Bible is astounding. Because if you actually look and you do a little digging, you'll see the answers are right there. But again, they don't want the answers. They want to deny God. They love their sin, and they don't want to give it up. They don't want to be accountable for their sin. But if God exists, which he does, then they are accountable for their sin. And they don't want that because they know that their sin will send them to hell. They know that they will be punished for their sin. Just like you know, when my two-year-old son does something wrong, he runs and hides. He knows before he gets punished, that it was wrong to do something. Even if it was the first time he did it, he knows it's wrong. We know when we do something wrong innately. We know that it is wrong for us to do that because God has given us a conscience so that we know right from wrong. So we've got a couple minutes left. If you want to jump on the show, go to uh, blab.im and have a seat. If you want to be video and audio, or if you just want audio, call 513-900-8070, and we will put you on the show, and you can ask a question, give a comment, feedback, give us a contradiction that you've been struggling with, and we will answer it right here on the air live right now. We've got about 10 minutes left in the show, and then that'll be it. And for some reason, people like to show up at the end of the show. I don't know why. Uh, welcome, John, to the show. I see you popped in. We're talking about uh, supposed contradictions in the Bible. If you have a question, comment, contradiction, feel free to pop in the seat there, and we will put you on the show. So let's see. What's another one? Looking here. Just find a good one. Okay. So here's another one. Uh, did Judas kiss Jesus? Well, according to Matthew, yes, he did. But according to John 18, no, Judas could not get close enough to Jesus to kiss him. Okay, well, for this one, like many others, we're going to need to pull out the Bible and turn to the scriptures that were referenced. Matthew 26, 48 through 50. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I will kiss is the man. Seize him. And he came up to Jesus at once and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus said to him, Friend, do what you came to do. Then they came up and laid hands on Jesus and seized him. Okay. And John 18, verses 3 through 12. 
So Judas, having procured a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that would happen to him, came forward and said to them, Whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to him, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. So he asked them again, Whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told them, or I told you that I am he. So if you seek me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word that he had spoken. Of those whom you gave me, I have lost not one. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father had given me? So the band of soldiers and their captain and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. Okay, so according to that, uh, Shabir Ali says that he couldn't get close enough. Yes, I am live, uh, John, or Jesus is my Lord, 01. Yes, I am live right now. Very, very live. <clears throat> At least, I hope so. Yeah, heart's still beating. Um, but the problem that we see here with this supposed contradiction is uh, Shabir Ali, who created this list, is jumping to conclusions because he says that Judas couldn't get close enough to Jesus to give him a kiss. But as we read this passage that he referenced, it doesn't say that. It doesn't talk about the kiss at all. Now, does that mean it didn't happen? No. It just was left out of this retelling of what happened, this account, this narrative. So there, there's no contradiction here because it doesn't say that it did happen and it didn't happen. That specific piece of information about Judas kissing him to show the soldiers who Jesus was, it's just not in this account. Therefore, that's not a contradiction. So yet again, uh, Shabir Ali, the Muslim apologist that created this list of 101 clear contradictions in the Bible, is not telling you the truth when he gives these supposed contradictions. He's giving you a excuse to deny God. That's the purpose of this list, not to give you contradictions, but to give you excuses. And there is no excuse. Again, going back to Romans 1, there is no excuse for you to deny God, to deny his existence. There's no excuse. Stop denying the God that created you. Stop denying the God that gives you eternal life if you put your faith in Jesus Christ by repenting, turning from your sinfulness, and turning to God. There's only one way to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The Bible says, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The Bible also says, God overlooked the time of ignorance, but now he commands all men everywhere to repent, which means turn from sin, turn from your sinful nature, and turn to God. The way you do that is by placing your faith, your trust in Jesus Christ and what he did for you. He died on the cross to pay for your sin, and he rose again on the third day, defeating death and hell. That's that's the gospel. That's the good news. The bad news is if you reject that, you're going to hell. Not because you, of your denial of that, but because of your sin. The Bible says all liars will have their part in the lake of fire. No thief will inherit the kingdom of God. It says many other places that if you have sinned, which we all have, 
then you will spend eternity in lake of fire or in hell unless your sins have been washed away, unless you have had a sacrifice credited to you, unless you have traded places with Jesus, his righteousness for your filthiness. Have you done that? Have you put your trust in Jesus Christ? I pray that you have because death could come for you at any moment and I don't want you to spend eternity in hell. I'm not talking to anyone specifically who might be watching or listening. I'm, I'm talking to everyone who might be listening or watching. I don't want any of you to go to hell. So if you have not already put your trust in Jesus Christ alone to be saved, I would highly encourage you to do that now, today, before it's too late. Cry out to God. Beg him to forgive you. Ask for his mercy and ask him to give you a new heart with new desires to change you from the inside out, to make you a new creature in Christ. Well, we have two minutes left in the show, the live show. I want to thank you for for anyone that has tuned in to the live show. I want to thank you for listening if you are listening after the fact. And again, the reason we did a live show tonight is because I screwed up on the interview that was supposed to air this week and accidentally recorded over that with last week's show and it's all mangled and mess now, unfortunately. But I do encourage you to get uh, the person I interviewed, Roger Patterson, my buddy. He has these books, World Religions and Cults. This is volume one. They just came out with volume two. Volume three should be out by the end of the year. Great books, all about an inch thick. They're huge books. A lot of information is in these books. If you want to know more about the world, different world religions and the cults and everything that's out there, you got to get these books. And the thing I love about these is it tells you about the truth of biblical Christianity. You know, that there are counterfeits. In fact, volume one says counterfeits of Christianity right there. So make sure you get this. Answersbookstore.com is where you can go to get this. So again, thank you all for listening. Go to witnesstalkradio.org for more episodes and syndication options. If you have comments, questions, or anything, feel free to call us 513-980-70 or send us an email, WTR at muniacfamily.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. Facebook.com slash witness radio, twitter.com slash witness T is in talk radio. Thank you again for watching the show and may God bless you. Witness Radio has been brought to you by the Muniac family.